Welcome. Thank you everyone for joining us. This is Parsh on Thursday nights on Sinai Radio. My name is Rabbi Moshe Teichman. Um, and this week's Parsha is Parsha's Vayera. Okay, so we got introduced to Avraham and all his amazing actions in uh, actually two Parshas ago and then the Parshas Noach. And we learned about him in Parshas Lechacha. Now the Torah is going to tell us some amazing things that happened with Avraham. Um, it opens up with after he had the bris milah, and he's sitting underneath his tent. Torah tells us, so we all know the famous um, explanation is that it's really hot outside, because Hashem made it hot. So Avraham would sit and sit inside and rest, instead of going looking for guests, because there would be no guests. And uh, Avraham's desperate. He, he's the hergish, he has the feeling that he really wants um, to do the mitzvah of Hachnachas Archim, of, of being with guests. And Hashem made three angels to come, and again, we, we learn that they, all, three, all three of the angels had a mission to come to this world for different purposes. Interesting Pasuk. And Avraham goes and feeds them, and he speaks to them, and they gave him blessings, and, and so on and so forth. <clears throat> but interesting enough, the, they say the devil is in the details, but I think and when you look in the Torah, the beauty is in the details. You see so many beautiful lessons and so many beautiful things you can learn out. So let's dig deep into the words of the Pesukim and try to see what jewels we can uncover. It says like this, Pasuk Dalet, Perek Yudchet, Pasuk Dalet, and Avraham is talking to the Malachim, to the three travelers, and he's begging them, please, don't leave, stay here, please, if you find favor in my eyes. So Pasuk Dalet says, Yukach na me'atmayim, let yukachna, let some water be brought, and your feet will be washed. Okay, so why do they need to wash their feet? So the Mepharshim explains, Rashi explains, that um, there are a certain group of people who worship the sand, who worship the dust of their feet. I don't really understand why you would want to worship the dust of your feet. However... You know, especially I grew up in, uh, in New York. And the only beaches that I've ever seen, you know, uh, until I went to L.A. when I was a little older and I went there for yeshiva for two years, uh, the beach, the only beach I've ever seen was New York Beach. And to tell you the truth, it was pretty gross. You know, the sand was disgusting. <laughs> and like, ugh. You know, I remember we went in 12th grade, we went to a private beach and with a bunch of friends, we went after we graduated somewhere in Frockway. And it was like, Ew. <laughs> it's gross. We went to LA, wolves, and we went to do Tashlech at like twelve o'clock at night. I don't know why we did this. We got in the car. I was like eighteen years old. We got in the car with a couple of guys, and we went to Santa Monica Beach at like twelve midnight, and we're walking down the pier with no one around us. It was dark, and it was gorgeous. I've never seen something so gorgeous in my life, and the sand was clean and pure. It was it was beautiful. Um, too bad we couldn't come during the day. But um, so when I'm yes, yeah, so I don't understand why anyone would want to serve the sand under their feet. 
However, they did, so therefore Rashi says they you have to wash off the feet before you Zara before you come into the house. Okay, great. Now again, the details. What does the what does it say? You let some water be brought for you. Rashi comments. Very interesting. You al shaliach. Let the messenger let let somebody else go get it. Now I'm assuming who was the shliach. Well, I'm 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 taking a gander on this one that it was Yishmael, Beno Avraham, the son of Avraham. Let him go bring some water. Okay, Hakadosh Baruch says Rashi, mind blowing. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Shalim Livino, Hashem so and so, I guess quote unquote, paid back to Avraham's children, the Bnei Yisrael, through a messenger. Shinamar, Vayarim Moshe as Yado Vayech as Asela and Moshe hit the rock. The rock and Moshe were the messengers from Hashem to bring water to the people. Really, Hashem, Hashem Kadosh Baruch Hu could have brought the water without a shliach, but because Avraham held back from doing the mitzvah himself, Hashem did it, held back from giving Avraham's children the zechut of a Kadosh Baruch Hu bringing the water themselves without a shliach, without a messenger. So it seems like it's a negative. It seems like there's something wrong that Abraham did. And the question that we must ask whenever we hear that a patriarch or whenever we hear that one of the forefathers or one of the tzaddikim in the Torah did something that was wrong, we always have to ask, what were they thinking? And it's a, it's a really bad question to ask because how do we know? But there has to be some sort of um, understanding that they don't do Averot the same way we do Averot. Unfortunately, sometimes we just do things because we do it. We don't think about it. But these were the holy, holy Kadosh, 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 Kadosh. They were super holy people. They were close to Kadosh Baruch Hu. How could it happen? Remember, Avraham, according to his opinions, Avraham was just with God. God was with him. He's on a high level. So what was he thinking? If he's being held against him, something he did wrong. So I saw... Um, in the Sefer Darash Moshe for Moshe Feinstein Zatzal, he says the following. He says, Avraham didn't think that um, that anything would be lost if he didn't do it. And um, he goes, that's fine. But still, he should have done it himself. But then he says something else. He says, there could have been another reason. He wanted to teach Yishmael Chinuch Give his child the opportunity to do a mitzvah. You know, I once heard from somebody that, you know, he asks his children to, even though he doesn't really, you know, need any, when, when it's easy for his child, he knows it's, it's going to be something that his child wants to do. He says, okay, could you get me a glass of water? Could he go himself? Yeah, but he wants his child to get, you know, the mitzvah of Kivit of Aim to teach his child how to really, you know, be respectful. <laughs> so Avraham says, Moshe Feinstein, it could have been, that wanted to teach Ishmael how to do you know, how to teach Yishmael how to do the mitzvah. Give him an opportunity to do the mitzvah. And since nothing was missing from if, if Avraham himself would have done it, it's no different, then Yishmael do it. Says, listen to this lesson. However, Avraham was wrong. The ikr chinuch, the ikr of teaching your children, who? Kishoroa haben, ich mikaymin mitzvah, mitzvah. When the son sees the father doing the mitzvah. 
when the daughter sees the mother, the father doing the mitzvah. Ki Avram they're doing it the proper way, and then, that is the Iker mitzvah of Chinuch. No, I'm sure we all, who those of us who have children, we all want to be role models, even those who, you know, not just to our own children, to the whole, you know, everyone, all the people younger than us, all the people around us, we want to have them, you know, do the right thing and you know, look at us and say, oh, that's how you're supposed to act. But here's the question. How are we going to teach them? By giving lectures? By saying, oh, you should do this and this and this? By correcting them? By punishing them? By criticizing them? No. Our children are mirrors. If we act, it says, this is what, this is what? If we act in a way that is proper, our children will follow us. And that's how we do it. You know, if a child goes to shul, goes to, to Bet Knesset with his Abba, with his father, and he sees his Abba, you know, for la- schmoozing in the back or walking out after, after leaning to go take a, you know, take a drink, to say l'chaim, he learns that that's what's important. He learns that it's important to take l'chaim after leaning, that the shmuz with the friends is important. Tefillah? It's important, but he learns what you copy the parents. Obviously, every child has his own mind and will grow up to be his own person, but this is what they learn, how they learn. That's what, the, that's what we say for the Torah. It's an amazing idea. That I could have sparkled, held, you know, sort of, Avraham could have said, no, I was trying to teach Ishmael. No, you're supposed to do it yourself, and he's supposed to watch. And he's supposed to see how you do it, and he will copy it. You know, I was told, when we went to a training a long time ago, um, for teachers, um, for Abayim, for, for teachers of Torah, to children, and um, one of the speakers, I don't remember who it was, said the most amazing thing. He said, when you daven with your students, you tefillah with your students, he told, this is something that was shared with me, and, you're, and you're, your students are with you, you have to pretend as if you are the biggest tzaddik in the entire world. Your tefillah, you have to see as if you are having the most kavana. You can't look out of the siddur. You have to look inside. You have to close. You have to look like you're having kavana. Somewhat fake it. Push yourself, even though it's tired, even though you're hard, because your students will copy you. And if they think that you are doing the right thing, they will copy the right thing. And it will be sincere, because this is what my Rebbe did. This is what my father does. My father goes to shul and he doesn't speak. Then I won't speak. My father never says Lashon Hara. Then it's important to me. Listen, it's not a foolproof plan. It could fail. Yeah, children make their own decisions. But what's their role model? You know, I, I, I unfortunately, it's funny. But a, child, a father says to his son, you know, Lashon Hara is terrible. Please don't speak about your friend. Two minutes later, father's on the phone with, you know, oh, this is what his such and such did, and such and such did. Son goes, yeah, garbage, not to speak Lashon Hara. You know, practice what you preach. And even if you don't preach it, 
Still practice. Be a role model for your children. And I'm, I dare to say, I'm going to say this, you know, you want to argue with me, sometimes it's worth faking it. You know, I'm not on the level where I'm, where I'm by tefillah, I could sit the whole time and have concentration everywhere. It's hard for me. It's hard for everyone. It's hard for me. <laughs> it's hard for, for all people. Especially when we're tired and we have our, you know, working late and coming home and go to Mariv, and sitting there and your mind wanders to the billion different things your mind wanders to. Yeah, but if your child is there, or someone else's child, or one of, you know, somebody that you could teach, yeah, push yourself. Not for your own sake, for the sake of the next generation of Kali Yisrael. That they see this is how we daven. And if Chash Shalom, it's the opposite. They see how not to daven. Okay, let's go on to the next piece in the Parsha. This one is really, really eye-opening. Again, you don't, you mind the Torah for the different Pesukim for small jewels. Small jewels. Okay. Oh, this one's a great big diamond. Lot. Right? We learn about Lot. Abraham goes and uh, the, the angels go to save Lot from the destruction of Sodom. And what happens? The angel comes to Lot and he says, Lot, come with me. Come with me. Meanwhile, there's a whole ruckus by his front door. The men are banging. Give us the men who are in. Give us your guests. The angels, give us them. The people of Sodom don't like guests. That's a simple Peshat. And they're screaming. Finally, the men, the angels said, you should come. You have to come with us. You have to come with us. Come. We're gonna, the city's going to be destroyed. You have to leave with us. So Lot turns to his son-in-laws. And he says to them, Come. So the Pasuk says, You're Dalid. And Lot went to go speak to his son-in-laws, his daughter's husbands. Let's go from here. Hashem is going to destroy the city. And he seemed, he seemed, Noach seemed, not Noach, Lot seemed like a Meshuggah, like a jester, like a joker in the eyes of his son-in-laws. So the Marfashim, namely the Medrash, explains, what does this mean? So it says the Medrash, his chasanah, his son-in-law said to him, Duchlin v'korvalin, the Medina, there is symbols and there is um, a different type of instrument, um, chimes, whatever it is, playing in in the city. You know, there there there's music, and if we're going to be destroyed. No way, impossible. Says Rashi. Rashi explains. So there's different singing and klizemer, um, different music going on. The city is happy. And it's going to be destroyed? No way. This, everyone's excited, everyone is happy. It can't be destroyed. So, points out an interesting, an interesting idea. It sounds like from the Medrash that their excuse for not going is that the reason why they didn't believe Lot, the reason why they said, oh, he's a jester, he's Meshuggah, 
is because they couldn't fathom that if everyone is happy, this is going to be destroyed. Look around you. This can't be destroyed. It's impossible. So he points out that means what if without this simcha, without this happiness, let's say the city would be in mourning, they would go with love. Which means they believed in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They believed that it could happen. Hashem could destroy the city. But they said, oh, no, no, it can't happen because it's, it's, everyone's happy. So listen to this. Listen to this. It's, it's obvious. You could think, think, think it out. Why didn't they go with Lot? They believed in Hashem. Right? Because it says, the reason why they didn't go is because everything was Simcha. And if it wasn't Simcha, they would have went. So they believe in Hashem. Right? Otherwise, the Medjah should have said, They don't believe in God. They believe in God. They believe that he says that Hashem has the capabilities of destroying. But what is stopping in them? Simcha. It's very interesting. Very interesting. Think about it. The mirage of joy around them blinded them from seeing the truth which they know was true. The tools of the Yitzhah the plan of the Yitzhah is to blind us that when we are you know, looking around us and seeing this, no way, this can't be bad. Everyone's so happy. Look how happy everyone is. Look how joyous everyone is. There can't be any bad in this. This is tov. This is good. There's nothing wrong. Everyone's so inclusive. Everyone's so loving. Everyone's so happy. There can't be any ra. There can't be any bad. Wow. It's amazing. We have to be aware. That's a trick. That's a way that the Yitzharah gets us to be blinded. Lot's son-in-laws got destroyed. Their lives cut short. Because they couldn't see past what was in front of them. They knew, listen to this, they knew that it meant. They knew it. But they were so caught up in things around them. They were so absorbed with what was going on. You know, I remember when I was in high school, there was... um, a big tumult. We we went together at the whole school. We went to a, a camp. We, this, this, the yeshiva rented out a camp. And we went together um, for the weekend, for a few days. It's very nice. So a couple of guys, you know, got excited. You know, they're going to have, you know, we're freedom. They're going to sneak some, you know, some drinks into camp and have a little good time. Not a lot, just a little bit. Just have a good time. And I remember everyone was getting very caught up in this. Although everyone was joining in, nobody did anything really, you know, <laughs> dumb. But everyone, you know, I was thinking, like, what was I thinking? I knew I was bad. I knew I was going to get in trouble. I knew it wasn't okay. And, you know, because everyone else was doing it. Everyone else was doing it. But they're so happy. How could this be bad? It's 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 very hard to um, sometimes remove ourselves from that, you know. Take ourselves away from it, even when we know it's the right thing. 
even when we know 100% that we are doing something that's incorrect. So we're doing something that's harmful for ourselves, harmful for our children, harmful for our, for our family. You know, in this case, in Lot's son-in-law's end of their lives, they knew Lot was right, but they, they, they couldn't see past the simcha. They couldn't see past all the great things. Oh, look how much fun everyone is having. It can't be wrong. Look, everyone is happy. How could this be bad? Really? This can't be bad. This is fun. This is good stuff. But no, but that's, that's a tool. Get caught up in the thing, and then, then you end up sticking to the lowest of lows. And uh, that's, that's, you know, that's a trap. A trap that we fall into. Um, I want to do a lo- one last point on the Parsha. Um, towards the end of the Parsha, not end of the Parsha, but a little bit further on in the Parsha. Perech of Aleph. Pasuk Yudchas. Pasuk, you know, the whole story with Hagar. And Hagar, the, the Hashem, tells Abraham to listen to Sarah. The first time, the best advice, marriage advice, you know, Kaddish Boku gives, <laughs> gives, uh, gives Abraham, listen to your wife, you know. So, the first time, listen to your wife. So, listen to your wife. So, listen to his wife. He sent um, Ishmael and Hagar out, because it was a bad, a bad influence on Yitzchak, uh, the holy Yitzchak that was born. And um, Hagar is now in the somewhere where there's no water, and his son is getting, her son is getting sick. So says the Torah. After Hashem spoke to Hagar and encouraged her to continue, Vayif kach Elokim and Hashem opened her eyes, and she saw well. She went to go fill the water skin and gave the and gave Yishmael to drink. Okay, beautiful. Now, if you learn this without thinking about it, think, oh, Ness, it's a Ness. Hashem made a water well. Look at look what the Pasuk says. It doesn't say Hakadosh Baruch Hu oses a Ness. It says vayivchach. Hashem opened her eyes. Says the Medrash. The Torah doesn't say it was created miraculously. It was always there. But it implies that Hashem purposely covered her eyes. And then when the time was right, gave her the ability to see it. HaKadosh Baruch I think is tremendous this Medrash teaches a tremendous, tremendous lesson. Kishparhu sometimes wants us to go, want to grow. And if everything is handed to us, we're never going to grow. I remember that when I broke my pinky, that sounds like nothing, breaking my pinky, but actually underneath the pinky there's a bone. And it, all the hands have bones. It's in the palm, right next in the corner. And I cracked that in half. So I went to a doctor, and he gave me a cast, and I was there, you know, without moving my fingers for, for, for a long time. Two months, I think it was. And I got it off. The doctor grabbed my hand. He took the cast off without asking me. He grabbed my hand and pushed my pinky down. And I was screaming in pain. It hurt so much. He said, and I was like, look, doctor, what are you doing? He did it again. I'm like, 
He's like, make sure you do that every day, three times a day. Because if you don't do that, you're never going to gain full strength back in your pinky. You need to stretch your muscle out. The bone is healed. But now your muscles need time to work. need time to move. But I'd rather not move it. You know, sometimes it's hard. It's painful. But a Kaddish Baruch who provides for us. And sometimes we need to push ourselves, to push the muscle. Push the muscle. Ah, it hurts! It's hard! Kaddish Baruch Hu has in the distance. It's there. The Yeshua is there. Our, our the thing that's going to help us out of our troubles is there. And the comfort from HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there. However, first we need to go through our test. And if we view it as if the solution is there, or the best thing for us is there, then it makes things much easier. That I'm going through something temporary. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has my back. He'll help me through this. Yes, it seems very hard. It seems really hard. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu help us through, through this. And I think with that... Um, that mindset can get you very far in life. Okay. Um, to tie this into what we said before, I, I do think that if a child sees their parent with this tremendous you know, attitude that Kadosh Baruch Hu provides for everything I need, and that's what he hears on a day-in-a-day basis, that could set the child up for life perfectly. Imagine that. Imagine what we could teach our children by, by modeling the proper emuna and betachon. In HaKadosh Baruch With that, thank you so much for listening. This has been another Parsha class on Thursday nights on Sinai Radio. If you would like to ask a question, comment, or anything else, or even sponsor a Kshir, a Zeich Nishmas or a Shlema, somebody, please reach out to me at Rabbi M. Teichman at gmail.com. Again, Rabbi, R-A-B-B-I, M-T-E-I-C-H-M-A-N at gmail.com and I will get back to you as soon as I can. With that, thank you for listening and have a wonderful Shabbat Shalom and good Shabbos and we'll see you again next week.